It's Friday here on Locked On Bearcats, and we've got a big game to look ahead to Sunday as the Bearcats take on the sixth-ranked Houston Cougars Sunday night inside Fifth Third Arena. A preview of today's game headlines today's show and starting this week in the third segment of our Friday show here on Locked On Bearcats, we're going to do something called the Weekly Extra Point, and this week's is a specific reason on how Joe Burrow has changed the Bengals' culture compared to something former Bengals defensive tackle Domata Pecco said in 2016. All of that coming up here on Locked On Bearcats. You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you again for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you. A big day on Sunday, it will be for Bearcats men's basketball. So they get set to take on the Houston Cougars in an all-important American Athletic Conference showdown. And this is a, a matchup that has become a rivalry over the years. Now, you got to exclude last year. Houston beat Cincinnati 90-52 to 52 and then 90-51, to 51, I believe. I, I don't know if those final scores are exact, but they're, it might have been 91-50. 91-54, actually. I just remember that it was 90 to 52 in the regular season meeting and then 91 to 54 in the conference championship game, which these two teams have played in the conference's previous three conference tournament championship games. So this is a little bit of a rivalry. And if you exclude the results of last year, you'll see that um, in the meetings in 2018, 2019 and 2020, you had six games. Six games, six of eight, decided by 10 points or less. And one of the more memorable games that I called at Bearcast Media at the University of Cincinnati was the game in 2020 at Fifth Third Arena when the Bearcats stormed back from down 15, roared back from down 15 with about 13 minutes to play, 13 and a half minutes, and beat Houston 64-62. Houston couldn't make a shot. Down the stretch, the Bearcats' defense was ferociously competitive down the stretch in that game. It was a raucous crowd that night. It was a Saturday night game. It was the 1st of February, and it really got us all believing that Cincinnati could make that run, and Cincinnati still had somewhat of a, a stake and a, a stranglehold, small stranglehold on the top of the conference in the standings, but I, I look at this team now, and I look at Houston, and I just think, how are the Bearcats going to make this a competitive game on Sunday? I mean, you look at Houston's statistics, and you look at their roster, and you look at what they have done this season. Houston comes into this game 20-2. and 20-2. I take that back. 19-2. and 8-0. I'm looking at my notes. 8-0. and in American Athletic Conference play, they're ranked number six in the country. Those, those those numbers might be wrong, actually. Sometimes the stats don't update. Houston is, or they are right. Okay, well, that's even better. So they're 19-2 and two 
and they're eight and zero. But it's not just that. We'll go on. We'll go into a little bit of a deeper dive here in the next segment. But Houston right now is who Cincinnati was when they reached the pinnacle under Mick Cronin three years ago. The only difference is, the only difference is Houston has actually had postseason success. They've made the NCAA tournament the last three times there have been a tournament. They would have made it in 2020. They were ranked in the top 25 at season's end. Matter of fact, they were ranked in the top 25 the entire regular season that year. So, Houston, in the last three NCAA tournaments, two Sweet 16s and a Final Four last year. And it could have, and it should have been three Sweet 16s. You may remember they lost on a buzzer beater to Michigan's Jordan Poole in 2018. So they have had resounding success under head coach Kelvin Sampson the last four years. They won the regular season title in 2019 outright. They shared it with Cincinnati and Tulsa in 2020. Last year, they finished second. It was a weird regular season. They lost to Wichita State, and Wichita State benefited from that, getting the one seed in a regular season title. But Houston was clearly the best team. You look at the you look at Houston and you've watched and you watched Cincinnati Houston games over the years. And there are some things that they have and possess as identities and characteristics that Cincinnati teams have. Houston has toughness. Houston has rebounding. Houston has relentlessness. Houston has grit. Houston has speed. All these things that Cincinnati has had over the years and now Houston has sort of become Cincinnati's kryptonite. You look at last year, Cincinnati could compete with any team in the conference, except Houston. They did not belong on the same floor as Houston. Now, the, now the Cougars had many great players on last year's team. Dejan Giroux, most notable. Quentin Grimes, who's now in the NBA. Grimes is a fantastic player. And you think about the players over the years that have come through there. Nate Hinton, Corey Davis. Dejan Giroux, like I just mentioned. Um, Galen Robinson Jr. When the Bearcats were in their final two years under Mick Cronin, these two teams were the class of the conference, and it wasn't even close. Sure, UCF was good. Sure, Wichita State had a good team, too, in 2018, UCF 2019. But it was Cincinnati and Houston. It was their conference to lose, and they engaged in some wars. I mean, Cincinnati... The One of the best games I've been to as a fan. I did not commentate this game. Bearcast Media Sports staff hadn't fully formed yet. But in 2018, Cincinnati played Houston at home, which home at the time was um, BB&T Arena down in northern Kentucky when Fifth Third Arena was being renovated. And the Bearcats trailed that game by 18 points. And I'm sitting there shocked. I'm sitting there like, this team's really good. Are the Bearcats going to be able to come back? And you didn't think the game was over, and they did. They roared back. They won that game by 10. And at that point, you were convinced that this team was going to you know, make that deep march run. They ultimately did not, of course. But that was a memorable game. They played a five-point game at Houston two weeks later. Then they played in the conference tournament championship game, where at one point, I swear, no team scored a, a point for five. Neither team scored a point for five minutes. The Bearcats ended up winning the game on a, <laughs> a free throw by Gary Clark with about five seconds left, 56-55. Um, 
Then next year, they played a close game in Houston. The Bearcats, uh, that game they could have won. They just didn't score in the last seven minutes, six minutes of game time. Lost by seven. Then they played on senior day in Cincinnati. Houston with a a, a blitzkrieg of shooting threes in the second half. Pulled away one by 16. A week later, Cincinnati beat them by 12 to win the conference championship. And then, of course, 2020, you had that memorable game here at Fifth Third Arena. So, these two teams have played in some wars over the years. I mean, you have to concentrate at a ridiculously high level when you play Houston. Because like Cincinnati, they will attack the glass. They will pull down rebounds. And we'll get to some stats here uh, coming up in the next segment. And I, as I'm looking through these numbers, as I'm as I'm going through Houston's schedule, I'm thinking to myself, does Cincinnati have anyone who can step up and be an alpha against Houston? Like Gary Clark did, like Jaron Cumberland did. Do they have that? I don't think they do. And that's what has me really scared as a fan and nervous for this matchup on Sunday. I'll get to all of that next here on Lockdown Bearcats. But first, I got to tell you about betonline.net because BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks, which is actually in nine days. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Bearcats fans, this is Alex Frank here. Now I want to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. And I know you buy gas, especially if you drive, or you, you might not be 16 years old and you're still listening to the show. Hey, that's great too. The show is made for kids. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. And you can just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now using promo code SCORE. For $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up, cash back. So don't pay full price at the pump anymore. You can get cash back using GetUpside by just downloading the app for free and use promo code SCORE for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch because the cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE for $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. It's Super Week brought to you by GetUpside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast, Locked On Bengals. And Locked On Rams are in L.A. all week covering the big game, Super Bowl 56, between the Bengals and Rams. Sunday, February 13th from SoFi Stadium in what's technically called Inglewood, California. But for, for my purpose, for our purposes, we'll just call it L.A. because the Super Bowl is in Los Angeles. You know, it's interesting when, when you read stories that come out when you read game stories that come out of Dallas and LA, San Francisco and the date lines and, and this is, you know, th this is true. 
I'm not trying to, you know, knock on these, but it's interesting to me how the deadlines will say Arlington, Texas, Inglewood, California, Santa Clara, California, even though the team names are San Francisco, Dallas, and Los Angeles. Food for thought. Anyway, thank you again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. So Houston, I mean, just look at some, some of these numbers are just absurd. And Houston has been a really good team over the years. This is a program that two years ago came into the conference championship game 32-2. and I mean, it was a ridiculously good team. Might have been 31-2, but you get the point. They had a really good team that year. Galen Robinson Jr., Corey Davis, um, sorry about that, Chris Davis, Fabian White Jr., Nate Hinton, Marcus Sasser. All of these players were just incredible. And Marcus Sasser wasn't on that team. Nate Hinton was. Fabian White Jr. was on that team. Dejon Giroux. And all those players contributed to a culture that Kelvin Sampson had built at Houston and, and sustained that's tough, it's gritty, it's resilient. And if you watch if you've watched the Bearcats Houston game over the years, you know that Houston is a really really good rebounding team. And Wes Miller, the one thing that he's harped on this season that the Bearcats need to get better at is rebounding. But my concern is how are they going to be able to do that against this team? Houston averages almost 40 rebounds a game. Compare that to their opponents who average just 32 and a half. So they are out-rebounding their opponents by over seven a game. And seven is a significant number, I feel like, in in a rebound margin. And for a Bearcats program that historically has been a really good rebounding program, you think of guys like Kenya Martin and Yancey Gates and Sean and, uh, Sean Kilpatrick, Gary Clark, and Trey Scott. Do they have one of those on this team this year? I don't think so. They don't, have, they don't have a dominant big man like Houston does. They don't have someone where you need a bucket against Houston to go get you a bucket like Jaron Cumberland. They don't have that on this year's team. And Houston has so many, so many players that can beat you. Yes, Marcus Sasser is out for the season with an injury. But they still have four players who average 10 or more points. Kyler Edwards averages 14.2. Fabian White Jr., 11.5. Um, Tremont Mark at 10.1. Tremont Mark doesn't hasn't even started a game. He's only played in seven. He might be out too. I'll have to look on that. But you have Jamal Sheed, who has averaged 8.6. I'm just looking up and down this roster. And then you see their record is 19-2. and two. But if you look further, they've lost two games this year by a combined three points. And then look at some of their field goal percentages. You got Josh Carlton, who is so dominant inside. He's shooting 61.8%. Fabian White Jr. shooting 47.8%. Jamal Sheets shooting 41.3%. Kyler Edwards at 38.6%. Houston shooting 46.5% from the field as a team. I mean, that's what that's like what Gonzaga does. And that's why Houston was in the Final Four last year, and they have Final Four aspirations this year. You know, for them, like I said, this is they are who the Bearcats were years ago. 
only better because they're actually capitalizing in the postseason. Houston is playing the regular season, in essence, just to pad their standing going into the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament and give themselves the opportunity to earn a better seed. And it's not just their rebounding and their shooting, because they can make shots. If you've watched Houston play the Bearcats over the years, Corey Davis hit what felt like 10 million threes on senior day here in Cincinnati in 2019. And of course, in 2020, yes, Cincinnati won the game, but in the first half, it felt like everything they threw at the rim went in. Marcus Sasser made four threes in that game. He made five threes, or six threes, excuse me, in the next game they played at Houston. There is a culture in place there. And I'm just looking at Houston's numbers, and I look at Cincinnati's numbers, and yes, Jeremiah Davenport is a really good player. Yes, David DeJulius is a good player, and he's a leader on this team. But are they comparable to the talent Houston has? I don't think they, I, I don't know if they are. Now, this is not to say they, they can't go out there on Sunday and play the best game of their lives and win. They can do that. Anything can happen in college basketball. One thing Cincinnati will have going for them is a big crowd on Sunday. You know a big crowd will show up for Houston. They have so many times over the years, especially my time at Cincinnati. I vividly remember the game the Bearcats played against Houston in Fifth Third Arena in 2020. I had to turn down the mic levels on our broadcast because so much noise was getting let into them. And I took my headphones off at one point just to hear what the crowd was like during a timeout. It was so, it was so loud that it felt quiet. Like, it was that loud. There is a, an intensity to these games. Now, last year was a little different because not a lot of fans could go to the games and the Bearcats weren't as good. But there was also one glaring... Um, development or one glaring observation that I made. It's Cincinnati was trying to be a certain team that John Brandon wanted them to be. And it just felt like they didn't have a plan. And they kept it close for a little while in the first half. But then once Houston turned on the gas, I mean, there was no stopping it. It's like trying to stop a train. You know how a train takes a, a mile to come to a complete stop? Well, that train would have taken 10 miles, Houston, on that day. The Bearcats just don't, the Bearcats didn't have an identity last year. They do this year. I don't think they're going to lose by by 40. Would it shock me if the final score on Sunday was 80 to 60? No. Would it shock me if it was 90 to 55? Yes. Especially in Fifth Third Arena. I don't think it's going to be that way. I think this game, I, I think Cincinnati's going to you know, play their game, but I think what we're going to see is it's just not at the level of Houston yet. Now, Cincinnati does a good job of not turning the ball over most of the time. Houston averages 16 assists to 11 turnovers. That's pretty good. So not only does this team do a lot, but they don't turn the ball over, which allows them to do what they want to do on offense. Houston is good defensively. They will get after it, but they're a really good offensive team because they shoot and they rebound and they get second-chance points. 
Kelvin Sampson has become the best coach in this conference. They are what Cincinnati was years ago. Step above, too, because they've actually done some things in the postseason. But I just look at what Houston has done and all the, the scoring and the rebounding and the, the field goal percentages and the assists to turnovers, and I'm asking myself, does Cincinnati have anybody who can become an alpha in this game? Like, Jeremiah Davenport might have to score 40 by himself. Now, I, I think eventually when Wes Miller, you know, firmly has his footprint on this program, if he doesn't already, the Cincinnati will be able to compete with Houston. But, but keep this in mind. Houston's coming to the Big 12 as well. I mean, Cincinnati and Houston, I mean, I mean Cincinnati, Houston's not going anywhere. They're coming with Cincinnati to the Big 12. So Cincinnati's going to have to build themselves to be able to compete with a team like this on Sunday. Now, I think Houston wins this game. I don't think it's going to be close. I'll say Houston wins this game 82-63. And I feel so, you know, just deflated saying that, but given what I saw last year between these two teams and given what who Houston is this year, and Cincinnati is not there yet and it's not close, I'm compelled to think that's what the final score is going to be. And hope and now hopefully Monday if the if if I come back Monday and talk to you all if I come back Monday and the final score is 72-62. Okay, then there's progress. But if it's 82-63 it's like yeah, that was expected and Cincinnati still has a long way to go. But maybe the former will happen. Up next, uh, this week's extra point on how Joe Burrow has changed the culture with the Bengals, and I'm going to tie it back to the Bearcats as well. All that next here on Locked On Bearcats. But first, I got to mention that because it's the new year, which we're already into the second month of the year. Why am I still saying it's the new year? Well, maybe for some of you, you're just getting this new year started, and that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit, or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan because they'll make it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good you'll want to eat it unlike other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a, like a chemical spill and nobody wants that. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes. I know you have them at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Bilt Bar. So when you're craving a snack or treat, maybe during your Super Bowl party, maybe during the Bearcats game on Sunday, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, mm, and many more. In fact, Bilt is always coming out with new limited-time flavors, so check out Bilt.com often to see what's new. Go to build.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order, and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at build.com. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you. So, I was thinking about this recently, this week. It's either Wednesday or Tuesday, I'm trying to remember. And it speaks to the way Joe Burrow has changed the culture in Cincinnati. There was a time in 2016 when the biggest accomplishment for Cincinnati sports was the Bengals beating the Steelers. And I remember NFL Live. Love that show. NFL Live. Um they mentioned a quote from or something former Bengals defensive tackle Domata Pecco. And I'm I was a Pecco fan. Domata Pecco had this to say about the Bengals feelings towards the Steelers and quote, oh, we hate them. For us, each time we play the Steelers, the whole city is like, beat these fools. And whenever we beat them, it is a big party in Cincinnati. It's a big rivalry for us, end quote. And at the time I was like, yeah. But then the Bengals this year beat Pittsburgh twice. Not only beat them, but they beat them convincingly. And Joe Burrow was asked by um, Fox 19 sports director Joe Daneman after the second win over the Steelers this year, you know, what the significance of beating Pittsburgh twice convincingly was. And Joe Burrow said, it means we're 2-0 against them. You know, we have bigger aspirations than beating the Steelers. And I loved that. Because, yes, beating the Steelers, you know, was good. You know, the Bengals, Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow constantly talked this year about if the Bengals went through the division, if they won the division, then that was the first step, going through the division to get to where they ultimately wanted to go. And this is part of this week's extra point. Joe Burrow changing the culture. No longer is the, the best thing to happen to the Bengals during a season beating the Steelers. No, that should be expected. You heard Joe Burrow say, we got bigger aspirations than beating the Steelers. That's just taking care of business. Beating the teams in your division to win the division and get to ultimately where you want to go. I mean, the standard now, Joe Burrow said the bare minimum is a playoff win every year. And I do and I do believe that that can happen. But I just think about where what Doma Tapeco said five years ago to what Joe Burrow was saying that, yes, you know, I mean, there is there is significance in beating Pittsburgh. There will always be that in Cincinnati because of what's happened re, because of what happened for thirty years. But in bigger picture, what means more is bigger than just beating the Steelers. That's the culture change. But there are bigger expectations in in that organization and in this city. Think about with the Bearcats. Luke Fickle comes in, and many of us are just hoping that he can restore the Bearcats back to going to bowl games every year. But there are way bigger expectations than that. 
And it started with winning 10 games in 2018 and going to a New Year's Six Bowl in 2020, going to the college football playoff this past year. There are big expectations in this program. If you come to Cincinnati, you are going to have the opportunity to compete at at a high level of college football. And especially now moving to the Big 12. There was there was another article. I'll bring this up too. There was an article that I remember when I worked at, at iHeartMedia. I was producing sports talk with Lance McAllister one night. And Lance referenced an article written by Cincinnati Inquirer sports columnist Paul Doherty. Phenomenal writer. You can disagree with Doc. I do too. But I respect him because he backs up his opinions and his points very, very well. So much respect for him. So Doc brought up a point that this city accepts mediocrity. And maybe that was the case. We accepted the Bearcats going to the NCAA tournament every year was a good season. We accepted that the Bengals just getting to the playoffs was good. We accepted, you know, the Reds just, well, I mean, they've been mediocre or just bad for 20 years, really since 1995. But you think about what's happened now. The Bearcats go into the college football playoff with Luke Fickle and what he's done for the program as a recruiter and as an ambassador for the university, putting them back on the map and getting fans to come to games. You know, enrollment at the university is increasing every year. And you think of Desmond Ritter. And yes, the head coach is ultimately the face of a program. But if you have a quarterback who stays for four years and performs at a high level, for that long, like Desmond Ritter did, he's going to be an ambassador and a face for the program as well. And his performance on the field led to those wins that have created these expectations now. And the Bengals going to the Super Bowl, now there are expectations with, you know, a quarterback who's a top 10 quarterback in the league, maybe top five, top three, maybe even. I mean, he's only one of two quarterbacks left playing, along with Matthew Stafford next Sunday. There are expectations that, okay, we are expected to be in this position every year, or at least in position to play for a championship, in position to be in position to play for a championship, to quote John Rothstein. So that's what Cincinnati is. That's what Cincinnati now is. You know, Cincinnati is a mid-major market. It's a smaller market compared to Atlanta, New York, L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, Dallas. But it's still a, it, it, it is now a market where, like, think about Baltimore. Baltimore is not a major market. And yet the Ravens have, expect, have had expectations ever since their existence began to be playing for championships every year. I remember when the Bengals first played the Ravens this year, and I was doing some prep for that game, and I and I saw that the Ravens, outside of New England, had the most playoff appearances in a certain span. I think from like 2000, the Ravens had 12 playoff appearances, and the Patriots had X amount, and I'm like, or it might have been 10 win seasons, and I'm like, that's a model of consistency right there. I'll have to go back and look at that exact stat. I think it was 10 win seasons. The Ravens were second behind the Patriots. That's impressive. I mean, the Ravens have expectations every year to be really competitive, win a playoff game, maybe more. Now that's changed changed in Cincinnati. 
with Joe Burrow, who's going to be here for hopefully 15 years or longer. And then Desmond Ritter, his play on the field changed that. Luke Fickle's going to sustain that. He's the one driving the program. There have been culture changes in this city with both Bearcats and Bengals the last few years. No longer are we going to accept mediocrity. We are going to accept really good. We are going to accept greatness. We are hopefully going to expect championships. And I think you can to a certain degree. The Bearcats have won the last two conference championships. They've come within a game of playing for a national championship. The Bengals are in the Super Bowl. I mean, they might win the Super Bowl. And then you can start to have championship expectations. How about that? Well, that's all I got for you this week. Uh, it's been a fun week. Uh, we'll be back Monday. I'll be back Monday to recap the Bearcats in Houston. Game on Sunday night. It's the start of Super Bowl week as well. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter, as you see on the screen, at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and N-A-T-I. You can also follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore. And you can also follow um, or email me, rather, on Alex3Frank at gmail.com. That's all lowercase Alex, the number three, Frank at gmail.com. Thanks you, thank you again for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. For Locked On Bearcats, I am Alex Frank. Please stay safe um, if you're in the dry state with this inclement weather that's hit us. Other than that, have a great weekend. Enjoy the Bearcats game on Sunday. Great college basketball um, tomorrow. 4 o'clock ESPN, number 8 Baylor and number 10 Kansas. Can't wait to play those two teams when Cincinnati joins the Big 12. And then it's Duke, North Carolina, the number 9 Blue Devils, number 8 Blue Devils, excuse I'm sorry, number 9 Blue Devils at North Carolina. Coach K's final trip to Chapel Hill. I will be watching that for sure. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you all on Monday. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, essential plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.